Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here because I know that you're hungry for God's Word. I know that you love the Lord with all of your heart, and I believe that God will put a word into your heart that will build your faith and help you to move forward greatly in His plan for your life. Now, let's begin today by receiving the holy tithes and offerings. Let's bring them into the storehouse of God. I have a scripture for you from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. I know that some of you know this verse, and I want us to look at it again today and meditate on it this week. And this is a very powerful verse. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. I think that it's amazing that when God's blessing touches the life of a believer, that you don't have things mixed into it like the unbelievers or those in the world can experience, who in many ways will do almost anything to get money. But when you, when you walk with the Lord and that blessing is on your life, you don't have to worry about something. You don't have to be concerned about uh, maybe you cheated or you broke the law or you did something illegal. You, you did it the right way, and God's blessing came. Therefore, you are enjoying what I would call stress-free blessing. You're not anxious. You're not worried about things, but you get the whole package. I even believe that, according to this verse, he adds no sorrow with it. Therefore, along with your blessing, of riches, you actually have good health, you have good physical health, good mental health, and so you can really enjoy the blessing of God upon your life. I've met many people who have a lot of money, but they they are very limited in what they can do. They're limited physically, they're limited also in, in other ways, and and so they lack the package deal of the blessing when it comes from the Lord. But I believe that God wants you to have joy, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, most importantly to be saved. And you know, a person who's wealthy without Christ is just really a, a poor person who doesn't know God. Because you really only have prosperity, true prosperity, when you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, and you're walking in His plan for your life. You know, your prosperity is not held back by the nation that you live in. Well, Pastor Stephen, I can't really prosper. God can't make me rich because the nation I live in is not like America. Our nation is riddled with corruption and bribery, and so it's impossible for me to be blessed. Well, my friends, if you're watching from another country, and I know many of you do, I don't think that here in the good old USA that we are exempt from such things here. There is a lot of that here, too. It's, it's global. But the thing is, is that your prosperity is not limited to your country. Let me say this also. Your prosperity is not limited to your, your skin color. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's easy for you to say. You're a white man, and therefore everything comes easier for you. Well, if, if there's some kind of privilege associated with being white, how come I was uh, used to live out of a cardboard box? When I was living in a cardboard box, I, ha I had no privileges. <laughs> and it didn't matter what my skin color was. I, I, I didn't seem to, uh, to attract any kind of, like, uh, help. <laughs> no, your skin color doesn't hold you back. And where you live at doesn't hold you back. Let me go further. 
your education doesn't hold you back. Now, it could be that according to the plan of God for your life that you need to further your education. But uh, you know what? If you look at uh, the list of billionaires and you look at the list of those who, who have what would be classified as high net worth, which is anything over $100 million, you'll see that a lot of those people, uh, they never went to college or maybe just went for a season or two and just dropped out. Uh, why? They, they were already onto something that was working and uh, they just didn't need to, for them, you know, spend four years with further, further education. So you can't blame lack of education. You can't blame skin color. You can't blame, uh, you know, where you live for your lack of not succeeding. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 15, uh, gives a great uh, revelation of the need for good understanding. When you have good understanding, you have favor. And it says the way of the transgressor is hard. Uh, the, the, the transgressor is the person who's going against the will of God, who's going against the commandments of scriptures. And it's a very, very difficult path. Praise the Lord. Uh, I think it's uh, unfortunate when you can be in the church and actually transgress commandments of God. Some of that can be done out of ignorance, but even if it's done out of ignorance, it still can have the same painful effect. Um, I get a lot of emails. I don't have time to answer them all. I do try to, uh, you know, answer some. If I, if I answered emails full time, I would really uh, be answering emails full time. I wouldn't have any time to, uh, you know, have my own prayer life or study or to really uh, have my own life. I'm just going to the grocery store. So I can't answer all of them. I know that you would understand that, but some I tried to answer. And when a person sends me an email saying, Pastor Stephen, I love God. I pray. I even fast. I, I, I do a long fast, a 40 day fast, whatever, but I don't get it. My life still has so many problems. Well, um, then, then it's time for me to ask a few questions, uh, because sometimes people, they do love the Lord. They're trying to be spiritual, but never forget there's two sides of Jesus. One, the, the person of Jesus, he creates your peace. Uh, the person of Jesus, you call upon the name of the Lord, you're saved. Hey, you're going to heaven. And, and, and at least, uh, you know, if you suffer in this life, hey, eventually it's going to be go, it's going to be over. You're going to go to heaven, so it's going to be okay. So the person of Jesus Christ, your peace, your eternal salvation. But the other part of the Lord Jesus is the part of His principles, and it's His principles that create your success in life. So you can love the person and be saved and have peace, knowing that you're born again, but still be defeated in life. Why? You don't know principles. So sometimes when I get emails, if I have time to you know look over. Over a few, and somebody says, you know, uh, Pastor Stephen, I'm having problems. I pray, I even fast, and all this stuff. But I'll ask them, "Are you tithing?" And usually, when I pop that question out there, it's the time it's the time I never get a response back. They they just disappear out in the cyberspace. <laughs> Why? They think that's not spiritual. They they think oh to be spiritual means that you pray all the time and you fast. And I, I look, I've got a lot of teachings on the internet. Uh, I've written books on the subject of prayer and fasting. I know the value of these things, but I also know that those, those spiritual disciplines, prayer and fasting, it cannot be supplemented or replaced for the actions that are carried out through the obedience of principles. For example, if you want an airplane to fly, 
you don't fast for 40 days and pray for the airplane to fly. No, you get it filled up with fuel and you get a certified pilot who has the right ratings, uh, you know, the type rating for that jet. And then uh, that pilot obeys the, the, um, you know, the principles laid out in the cockpit and uh, knows how to operate it all. And before you know it, with him in charge, uh, you're up and flying. You didn't have to really even pray about it. You didn't have to fast about it. Why? You're working principles. So a lot of times when I ask people that, that email me, I'm having all these troubles, Pastor Stephen. I'm having all these troubles. Okay. Well, are, are you tithing? And boom, I never hear from them again. And so I just know those are people that love the Lord, but they don't know his principles. And so they're going to stay defeated. Praise the Lord. And those, those are the kind of people that also, they blame their problems on something else. Well, it's the country I live in, Pastor Stephen. This is, I live in an undeveloped nation. It won't work for me over here. Uh, well, you, you can scratch that off the excuse list because there are men and women of God with ministries in nations that, are, that you may say were undeveloped in the sense that, you know, uh, we're not really sure if the electricity is going on tonight or not. But you know what? You still got people flourishing. I'm not talking about even like surviving. You have ministers and Christians that are flourishing in nations like that, making a lot of money. Uh, why? They're tied into the covenant. They have working knowledge of the covenant. They have the key to the covenant. And when you have the key, you go through the door. There's no struggle. You don't pray or fast to go through the door. You just take the key, unlock the door, and you go in. You go into the blessings of God. Praise God. So we thank God for a good understanding, and we thank God also for His blessing resting upon our life. Because, my friends, it'll make you rich. Um, rich is not a dirty word. Rich is a holy word. God is the author, the originator of, of wealth, of opulence, of being rich, uh, of having a full supply. Praise the Lord. So you don't have to apologize for the scriptures. Um, I know that some people, they get upset at verses like this, and they have their own opinions. Well, I, this is what I think, Pastor Stephen. But you know what? I, years back, made up my mind that the only opinion I have that I'm going to have is going to be an opinion based upon the word. And I'm not going to go by how I feel about this. Because a lot of people have real strong opinions. And you know what? Their strong opinions are strongly wrong. And they're sweet people. Some of them love Jesus. And they're very opinionated. They'll, they'll tell you all the reasons why they don't agree with it. But bottom line, uh, they can't answer the scriptures. And really, they'll skip over them. They'll just skip over them and tell you what they think. Well, I'm not interested in what they think. What they thought used to keep me in poverty. I used to, I used to think like them, but I'm now going to think like God. And if you want to know what God thinks, just read His Word. And His Word is a revealing a revelation of His will. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. Now, as you honor the Lord and work His principles, tithing, seed time, and harvest, that blessing will make you rich, and He'll not add any sorrow with it. You'll be happy, happy, filled with the Spirit, saved, winning people to the Lord, just, just full of joy, full of joy, walking in the things of God. Praise God. Now, before we bring the tithes and offerings in, uh, let me say a big thank you to everybody who has also sown into the new HVAC 
uh, for this grand night. Uh, well, it's not a 1900 facility. It's an 1800 facility. The, the actual internet studio I'm sitting in, this, this building was built in 1877. So it has been beautified in many ways. We've done a lot to really get it ready for the next 100 years. Uh, I, I do really believe the Lord's coming back before then. But praise God, we'll just trust it'll last through the millennium. Hallelujah. And make it through the tribulation period as well. But uh, let me say this, the, the HVAC currently here uh, that is in operation was installed 29 years ago. So it's time to upgrade that. We are almost there. We are probably at about, I think, 88% of the needed budget so it's almost met so if you will if you will also with your tithe so something special as an offering it'll push that over and we'll be able to complete that I can just call the HVAC guy he'll boom come in and bring in that brand new commercial unit that'd be really nice especially uh, with summer coming just around the corner or spring with the warmer temperatures and so you can do that by by going to the ministry website stephenbrooks.org now there on the home page you have the main tithe offering link but you could also uh, if you look at the website there's headers at the top there's a header that says giving and if you will click on that giving link it'll take you to the main general uh, you know outreach of the ministry the main budget of the ministry you can click there or you can go beneath that you'll see a link uh, for special projects and that special project is for the commercial HVAC unit you'll see it there on the website okay so it would be a real blessing uh, along with your tithe if you would also just give something towards that because we're about we're at 88 percent having reached that budget so I just thought well we're so close let's just push it over praise God so if you want to give an, an offering towards that that will push that over we can get the workers out here they'll install it and the Lord's house will be cool when it's hot and it'll always be warm when it's cold outside thank you so much for your giving and this is how we tie into the blessings of the Lord by working his principles praise God Heavenly Father, bless your people as they're bringing the tithes and offerings into the storehouse. We thank you that the only person who can hold us back from prospering is ourselves. But Father, we don't blame anybody for why something would not be working in our life. Father, we work with you and you cause us to succeed in all that we do and you're the one who makes us rich and so father we thank you we tie in with your kingdom your economy because you won't fail you'll always be here for us and your covenant is just as sure as the day during the daytime and night during the nighttime so thank you father god for this solid platform that we have to work from bless your people I thank you that you're making them rich and you're so good that you do it in a way that you add no sorrow with it father we give you praise thank you in Jesus name hallelujah now those of you that are sending in your tithes and offerings by mail please send them to Stephen Brooks International P.O. Box 717 Moravian Falls North Carolina our zip code is 28654. Again, if you would like to go online and bring the tithes and offerings in, you can do so at stephenbrooks.org. There's the main link on the homepage. If you would like to do something also for the HVAC system, that would be a great blessing. And that's also a system, uh, or that's also, let me say this, the HVAC system, I designated that as a seed, that as you sow seed for that, 
you know, it's really modernizing uh, our HVAC, okay? So we're going something from very old to something that's very new. I mean, even the coils on the new HVAC units, they never deteriorate and they never start leaking, uh, you know, Freon the way the old ones do. They're very, very nice. So it's really a modernizing and upgrading. And I believe that as you sow seed into that, that if you need to modernize something, uh, whether it's your bathroom or, you know, you need a new co computer, just uh, name that seed modernize, okay? So that you can always be current, you can be up to date. I don't want you living in the dinosaur age either, praise God. So just put that as a little note, modernize, and uh, we'll know that that is for the HVAC. Praise God. And you can go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link called Giving, a tab called Giving, and as you scroll down, you'll see the commercial HVAC uh, spot where you can give. Thank you for doing that. May the Lord richly bless you and multiply your seed back to you in a way that you can modernize and have things fresh and new and in perfect working order. Praise God. Now, let's jump into today's message. I want to talk about a prosperous journey, a good journey, and much of your life is a journey. Your walk with the Lord is a journey. So I want us to go back towards the back of the New Testament uh, to the little bitty uh, epistle, the little letter that's called the Third John. Now, John, the apostle, wrote the Gospel of John. He also wrote the three letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And then, of course, he concluded uh, with the beautiful book of the Revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you just go towards the back, you'll see Jude, Revelation, right before that, the little letter of 3rd John. We're going to start today in verse 1, and we're going to discuss a prosperous journey. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures so that we can see it and understand and understand it and apply it to our lives. Thank you, Father God. We ask you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus because he is revealed through his word. So thank you, Father God, for the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and revelation bursting forth in our understanding today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. 3 John, verse 1, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Verse 2, he goes on to say, beloved. Now, I think it's very special that Gaius is recognized as one who's beloved. And we know that this, this passage of Scripture, this is part of the Word of God. So it's also speaking to us. And you need to understand that you are a child of God. You're a son or you're a daughter of the Most High God. And you are greatly loved of God. You are beloved. And just as a father or a mother has a great and a lasting love for their child, God has a, he has a love for you that goes beyond description. And he also calls you beloved. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. Now the word pray uh, can also be translated as desire, can also be uh, translated as a strong, earnest uh, wish or desire. Beloved, I pray, I strongly desire that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Okay, so in one verse from the Word of God, remember God's Word is His will. From one verse we have prosperity and health being revealed to us as being the will of God. And it says, just as your soul prospers. 
what does it mean uh, when it says, as your soul prospers? Well, I think it's very, it's very simple. Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he responded without hesitation that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your might, all of your strength. That's the greatest commandment. And when you do, your soul will prosper. And when your soul prospers, when you love God, when you're really into His Word, when you're really into His, uh, into the Lord by spending time with Him in prayer, that is the prosperity of your soul. You know, there are some Christians, they 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 love the Lord, but it's not like they love Him all out. They uh, they they have a lot of other things they're really really into, and that, that that's okay. I can understand that we have many different compartments of our heart, many different things of interest. But uh, there's some Christians you get around them, they'll never ever talk about a scripture. They'll never ever bring up the Word of God. They don't really have really an interest in it. They don't have a love for the Word of God, and uh, their prayer life uh, is kind of on, off, hit, miss. They don't really uh, see the importance of a, a strong devotional walk with the Lord. And so, when something like that is going on where their soul is not prospering in the Lord, then they can't quite figure out, well, why, why is health not in my life? Why is prosperity in my life? It all is rooted in a, in a walk with God where the Lord is number one in your life, and you really love Him. You love spending time with Him. You also have a heart for others that are lost. You want to see them saved, and uh, you, you know, you witness to other people, and all of this is done out of a love relationship with God. So that always has to be number one, where you really love the Lord, and uh, you know, you really love others. Praise God. And when you do that, now priorities are in the right place right position. And so we also see, based upon that, God's will revealed that you prosper in all things, and that you be in health. You know, this verse, I'm sure you probably know this by now too, this verse is a controversial verse. Why? It mentions the word prosper. And prosperity in the body of Christ is something, uh, and from the perspective of how the world sees the church, is something that is highly controversial. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. That's because it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that Satan is the God of this world. He's not God, but He's the God, little g, not capital G, little g-o-d. He's the God of this world. Paul the Apostle also said that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. So he has influence over media, over news, over television. Uh, he also has uh, authority over all unbelievers. He is their God. But we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of God's dear Son. So I understand how the unbelieving world looks at the church and has a problem with prosperity. Why? Because Satan doesn't want the church to prosper. And I can understand why misinformed believers also have a problem with prosperity, because they have come out of the world, but their minds have not been renewed. So although they are saved, they still think worldly ways. So you know what? The Lord wants you to prosper, and He wants you to be in health. I think it's, I think it's also very interesting how those out in the world, the unbelievers, they, they have no problem that the mafia has money. 
They have no problem. I mean, they, they never do news reports on it. They never, it's, it's never like something that's really b- bothering. You know, let me say it like this. The, the world just gets angry almost. The, the moment you mention the church prospering. But if they hear about the drug cartels prospering, it's just like, well, yeah, that's, that's not good. And, you know, we, we would be good if we didn't have that. But they're not, they're not upset about it at all. Praise God. A, a Hollywood actor could make $100 million, and the world actually applauds that. They actually think that's good. And a Hollywood actor could buy a home for $40 million, and the world claps. And says, that, and says, that's wonderful. But if the church has any kind of prosperity, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Where does that thinking come from? It comes from it comes from Satan, the God of this world. A professional athlete can sign a contract for $400 million. Some of you know I'm not exaggerating as these numbers uh, float through uh, uh, the world. And you have uh, professional football players making a lot of money. That, but that's honestly, really, that's nothing compl- compared to soccer or what many other parts of the world call as football where uh, the numbers go up into the astronomical realm. But, but yet the world, they, they applaud that. Yeah, that's good. Wow, they, they had success. They signed big contracts. And the world doesn't say anything like, uh, like, wow, that's, you know, they shouldn't have all that money. No, the world actually thinks it's wonderful. Very, very interesting. But see, if the church starts to prosper and, and you start getting money, then even, even within the church, you'll have uninformed, untaught, or mistaught believers who the moment they see somebody with prosperity, they'll go up to them and they'll, do, they'll say things like this. You know what? You should sell all that and you should give it to the poor. That's not right that you have that much. And they'll say, you should sell that and give it to the poor. Have you ever stopped to think about who are they quoting well, uh, Pastor Stephen, they're quoting Jesus. No, they're not. Jesus didn't say that. Who are they quoting? They don't, know, they don't even know who they're quoting. They think they're quoting Jesus. What they're act- the person they're actually quoting is Judas. They're actually quoting Judas hours before he betrayed Jesus. And Jesus um, defended the woman that those um, very selfish accusations were made when Judas made that, when he made that statement. You know, this could have been, this, we could have taken this, we could have sold it, we could have given it to the poor. You should have done that. Wow. People don't even know who they're quoting. People don't even know what spirit they're operating with. And they're operating with the Judas spirit. But yet, but yet, if you, if you turn around and say to them, well, why don't you take all of your stuff? And why don't you go sell all of your stuff and give your stuff to the poor? And th- th- then they're total hypocrites. Why? They won't do it. They don't even practice what they proclaim or teach. Wow. Pastor Stephen, you should, you should take your stuff and sell it all and give it to the poor. Well, why don't you go do that? Because there was a time in my life I lived out of a cardboard box. And I just decided I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. It was horrible. And God delivered me out of that. So if, if you want to sell all of your stuff, and you want to go do that and live underneath the bridge, go for it. I'm not holding you back. If you really believe that, and you really think we should practice that, well, you go practice it, and do it for three years, and then come back, and let's see if you still think that's the way everybody should live. Very, very interesting. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You'll find a lot of these critics, 
they are absolute total hypocrites they don't practice anything at all pastor Stephen you should give your nice vehicle away well why don't you give your Toyota away why don't you give that away you give that away go sell it give all the money to the poor and then you walk and then and then come talk to me but they won't do things like that glory to God glory to God beloved I pray I strongly desire I wish that you may prosper in all things and be in health and be in health just as your soul prospers well pastor Steve I don't know if I agree with that well then you're doing what a lot of Christians do they actually they won't admit it but they're actually basing their doctrine they're basing their theology upon how they feel instead of what the Word of God says and I've had them come to me pastor Stephen I just I just don't feel that's right I just feel that person got too much money well outside of your feelings do you have any scriptures to back that up well that that's not the point pastor Stephen I just don't feel that's right mm. wow there was one one um, very uh, very uh, outwardly religious man in the area uh, you know he, he was the kind that had a lot of opinions and this one minister that he knew was given a donation into his ministry of five million dollars and so I saw this this man you know uh, so-called spirit-filled man and he was in such a bad mood I said brother I said you don't look very happy today what's wrong he said did you hear about Reverend so-and-so somebody gave him a five million dollar donation I don't think it's right that somebody gave his ministry that much money I said what if they had given it to you oh well now brother that would be a different story because I wouldn't know what to do with it oh <laughs> I said oh I said your own heart deceives you your own heart deceives you and uh, I, I mean he knew he knew I'd nailed him he, he knew that he was really just jealous he was jealous and he was like you know what <laughs> oh brother Stephen I, I honestly wish somebody give me five million dollars I'd be dancing all over the place <laughs> but see you'll never have it why because you're a judge and you're a critic and all, all of the motives are wrong it's all wrong praise God and if you criticize those who walk in those types of anointings you are cutting yourself off from touching that anointing that could potentially flow in your life really that's what the enemy is up to if he can get you with a judgmental judgmental critical spirit to rail against those that God is blessing then what is taking place is that you're you're actually criticizing that anointing for prosperity and you're disconnecting yourself from it well I don't think that's right well the Lord the Lord has no interest in what we think outside of what his word says mm. God honors his word and he honors those that come into agreement and harmony with his word and that's all that matters and when we're all gone when we're all gone and not we're done and we're not here anymore his word will still still be here it'll still be here there's a lot of there are a lot of um, agnostics and atheists who said this you know this this book will be gone this book will pass away this book will become irrelevant well they're all gone they all became irrelevant they all went down into the pit but the Word of God stands forever Woo! hallelujah hallelujah so the opinions of men that disagreed with the Word of God they're all gone and the Word is still here and there's still those of us that are believing it tapping into it and being blessed by it all the time day and night 
Glory to God. May that be your testimony. Let's go now to Psalm 35. Psalm 35. Praise the Lord. Psalm 35, and let's move over to verse, verse 27. Are you happy today? God wants you to, to be prosperous, and God wants you to be in health. Well, Pastor Stephen, a, a, a prophetic prayer intercessor, had a vision, and in the vision they saw that I'm supposed to be sick. Well, I would dismiss the vision, and I would accept uh, 3 John verse 2 over any vision. I would accept that God's will for me is to be prosperous and to be in health, and I would dismiss anything that does not line up and agree with the Word of God. And that's the reason some of you are sick. You've got all kinds of mixture with different ideologies and different philosophies, and you're sitting there thinking God wants you to be sick. Remember, the Word says, Beloved, I wish, I desire. Beloved! You are the beloved of God. You are the child of God. What kind of a parent, what kind of a parent would wish that their child was in poverty, in lack, suffering shortage of food, inadequately clothed, improperly dressed, and also sick. And what kind of a parent would actually be happy and rejoice over a situation like that? A very demented person, a person who would not understand really what love is. But see, God who looks at you as, he be, as His beloved, says, Beloved, I desire for you that you prosper and be in health. Now a very wicked parent may wish upon their child sickness, disease, and all kinds of agony and pain, but God's not like that. God is good. Praise the Lord. Psalm 35, verse 27, Let them shout for joy and be glad, who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually. Let them say continually. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure, not pain. God has pleasure in what I'm about to reveal to you. It does, you know, this makes God happy. God has pleasure in the prosperity. Oh, Pastor Stephen, don't say it. It's a dirty word. Don't say it. It's not, it's not popular. It's not acceptable. I'll say it. Why? Because I'll proclaim the gospel. I'll proclaim the Bible. I'll proclaim the word over the opinions of deceived people, over the opinions of misinformed people. I'll stand with the word of God over the opinions of perhaps even modern day culture, because culture changes all the time. What's in today is out tomorrow. What's accepted today may be not in vogue on the following week, but the Word of God is always rock solid. It will always work for you. And if you stand on it, it's the rock. You get on anything else, it's sinking sand, because opinions change. Ideologies change. That's all sand. Get over on the rock. Get over on the Word of God. Let it settle the way you think. Let it settle what you believe. And dismiss all this other fuddy-duddy stuff that's out there that would clutter up your thinking and bring confusion into your thinking to the point you're like, I don't know what to believe. I don't know if prosperity is good or bad. Look, all you got to do, believe the Bible. Believe the Word. Let that be the final authority in your life. 
Let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of your servant. God's not pained by your prosperity. God's pleasured by your prosperity. And when a, when a father and a mother sees their child grow up and move into adulthood, it pleasures them that they're prospering, that they're doing well, that they're succeeding, that things are going well for them. And it, but it, it pains them, it hurts them in their heart if they see that things are not going well, that their life is a disaster and a failure. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Remember, Jesus said to the religious leaders, you have made the word, the word of God of no effect because of your tradition. I realize that as I minister along this subject line, that many times I run up against those who have been raised in church, or maybe denominational churches, and you've been programmed on the back of hundreds and hundreds of years of wrong teaching where poverty is glorified and prosperity is, ooh, that's bad. That's, ooh, stay away from that. And hundreds of years of defeatism have flowed through the pulpits, and it has affected the believers in a very, very negative way. So oftentimes when I'm teaching, I'm, how can I say, I'm kicking over very forcefully. I'm kicking over sacred cows. And I really believe today that we're going to just have a nice barbecue. The sacred cow that, uh, that would say, God, God wants you just to have just your basics, basics covered, but He doesn't want you to have any more than that. I'm here today to kick that over with Scriptures. Push these false idols over with the Word of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. I think we've all if you've been in church for a while, you know, maybe not in a healthy church, but maybe in some kind of church where you maybe you got a good pastor, he loves God, he's sincere, but sometimes just throws that stuff out there that's sincerely wrong. You, you need to know, you need to know what God's Word says about prosperity. And you have to let the Word be the final authority. And when you let that be the final authority, you realize that God really does want you to prosper, and He really does want you to be in health. And you have to dismiss and cut off other voices that would say that, you know what, God, God wants you uh, poor, God wants you always suffering or always going through some kind of hard experience. That's not true. You know, I travel all over the place, and uh, for, uh, you know, for whatever reason, a lot of musicians, they, they always want to give me their CD. And I'm glad. I like good praise music. I like good worship music. But let me be straight to the point. I don't care how good the music sounds. I don't, I don't care how wonderful the chorus is. I don't, I don't really care how sweet the harmonies and the melodies are. I want to first examine the words. And if the words are wrong, I'm not going to listen to that music. Why? Because it's like drinking something that might taste really well, really, really good, but yet it's harmful to your body. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, it has such an enjoyment while it goes down. But yes, it's bad for you. See, you can understand that it may be pleasurable, but it's not good for you. So it's because it's not good for me, I'm not going to drink it. 
I'm just, I'm just not going to drink it. I, I don't care if others drink it. I'm not going to drink it. So it's the same thing with music. If the music is defeatism, if the music has a, like, like a message or an overtone of failure, I'm not going I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to put that in my spirit. Why? That will affect what I believe. And a lot of the songbooks that are in churches, and look, I realize that in a lot of churches today, people don't really sing out of songbooks anymore. But there are a lot of churches that still do. Uh, a lot of them are just, you know, it's stuff up on an overhead projector, and you sing to the uh, what's up on the projection screen, and you don't need to open a songbook. Uh, and so a lot of the modern music is more. Christ focused, it is more cross central, and I'm cool with all of that. Uh, although I still filter that, but a lot of the a lot of the songs I grew up singing in church, some of those songs were just they were so defeated, the music was so defeated, and the words always put victory off until you died. It was basically songs like one day when we cross the Jordan, when we get to the other side, then it'll all be over and we'll have fun. Well, crossing the Jordan is not a symbol in the Old Testament of death. Crossing the Jordan is a symbol of going into the promised land, walking in the power of the Spirit, and experiencing the crucified life. It's something you're supposed to have here. And even in the journey of Israel, uh, that was an experience that happened in their lifetime crossing the Jordan. Praise God. So, you know, but these old songs always put it off into another dimension and another time. They never once were songs of victory now. Praise God. But you know what? The Bible is all about the right now. God wants you to have victory now. Be in faith now. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we don't want to diminish the power of the Word by introducing all kinds of religious traditions in that choke the Word and just confuse us because now we've got all kinds of mixture. We don't know what to believe. No, we need to believe the Word. Believe the Word. Praise God. Now, the word prosperity in the Hebrew means to, means to push forward and to succeed. The core meaning of the word of prosperity in the, in the uh, Hebrew language means to succeed. If you go to the New Testament and you look at it in the Greek like we did in uh, 3 John verse 2, if you look at it in the Greek, the word prosperity means to succeed in reaching it means to have a prosperous journey, to succeed in reaching, and it means to have a prosperous journey. Praise God. So, if I wanted to take an international trip, and I go to the nearest international airport, I go to Charlotte, and uh, Charlotte Airport uh, is a very good international airport. You could get on Lufthansa and fly nonstop all the way to Germany, to Munich and other locations. And, and I like that. I like being able to make that nonstop journey. Well, if I go there and I get on the plane and I travel to Germany and we don't have any problems, we, we don't end up in the Atlantic Ocean, we don't get hijacked, uh, we don't have any uh, mechanical failures on the plane, and I make that trip, uh, and I do what I'm supposed to do, and I return back safely, that would be considered prosperity. That would be considered a prosperous journey. And honestly, who in their right mind wouldn't want that? Well, Pastor Stephen, we should just, you know, we should expect to have a few crashes every now and then. Not me. 
I don't want to be on any airplane that's going to crash. And if I know it's going to, I'm not getting on that plane. Well, Pastor Stephen, you know, we just can't all have prosperity all the time. So we're supposed to accept failure all the time? No, I don't believe that. I believe what the Bible says, that God wants us to prosper and be in health. And prosperity, one of the key meanings in the Greek, means to have a successful journey. Who would argue with wanting to have a successful journey? Well, we should always plan, Pastor Stephen, that, you know what, we could just, you know, die at any moment. Well, make your will out, but, uh, and, and just leave it at that, but just keep on going. Keep on going. Hallelujah. Ha- have a, rife, uh, a life raft, you know, like, you know, all packed on the plane. They, they have those things just in case. But we are expecting, planning, and believing for a prosperous journey. And that's good. That is a good thing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It is a good thing to reach your destination. That's what success is. It's it's the accomplishment of a worthy goal. You made it. You arrived at that destination. Praise God. You'll always have those who will say things like, well, Pastor Stephen, I don't need much. Just to pay all my bills and to cover all my expenses is this amount, and that's all I ever ask God for. That's all I want. That's all I need. But really, that's actually a very selfish thing. Why? Because it's in your excess that you have the ability for ministry. It's in your surplus that you have the ability for service. And so God even said that you would abound to every good work, to abound. And now you could reach and touch that work and touch that work. But if all you have is basics covered, you're never in abundance, you're never in surplus. And there are some people, they, they just want basics. Why? The fact of the matter is they're very selfish people. All they think about is themselves. They don't think about anything beyond themselves. But God wants you to have surplus. And when you're in surplus and God's blessing you, you don't have to apologize for God's Word working in your life. You're just happy. Just keep working the Word, believing the Scriptures. Praise God. But when you're in the surplus, you can have a lot of fun, and you can do a lot of things. And because the ministry's in the surplus, I can come in here, I can turn on the studio LED lights, I can turn on the, uh, the software and the hardware streaming technology, and uh, you know, turn on the camera and the sound system, and we can stream to the nations. And I can go to Charlotte, I can go to our studio there, and we can prepare messages for a global audience with television. But we can do these things because of surplus, surplus, praise God. You know, I talked to a pastor just a few days ago, and I said, you know what, there at your church, I said, um, do you stream your messages? Oh, no, we don't do that, Pastor Stephen. Uh, we, we don't do that. I said, well, you should do that, because if you don't, you're just preaching to the four walls. You're only ministering to the people that are in there at that time. And then once they leave, that message is, is just, boom, it's gone. It, it's gone. So if, if you stream it, now you can archive it, but you can also minister to others beyond just those. Well, uh, you know, he said, well, Pastor Stephen, we would like to do that, but we, we, we don't have the money. Oh, so to have the money, you would have to have the surplus. And to have the surplus, really, you need to be in a prosperity mentality. So, you need money. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't need money. Really? What are you going to do after you're finished listening to this program? Are you just going to eat air? Or are you going to go out and eat somewhere? Are you going to open up a can of beans? Somebody had to buy the beans. You had to buy the beans. If you're going to go out to eat at a, at a nice restaurant, you're going to have to pull out money. 
Well, I, you know, whether it's in the form of a credit card or cash or, or ATM card, debit card, whatever it is, okay? You need money. You just, if you have children, you need money. Uh, just to exist and live, you need money. If you're going to sleep somewhere tonight, you're going to need money to pay for the bed, to pay for the mortgage, to pay for the, uh, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, even if you get your house paid off, you're still going to need money because there's other things that come up in life. Praise God. Money is a good thing, and having more than enough of it is a very, very good thing. It's not a good thing to have enough, to not have enough gas to go to work. That's a very nervous thing. That's something the devil would love for you to have. Uh, just love for you to have ongoing problems and struggles like that. And he is the father of lies, and he would love to lie to you and say that God would just have you go through these trials where you're always trying to learn something because you don't have enough. God's trying to teach you something. Well, after 20 years, have you ever stopped to think, what is he trying to teach you? And also, if he were trying to teach you something, why not just learn it real quick so you can get past it, graduate, and go on? But my friends, God's not trying to teach you something. If you want to learn something, he'll teach you from his word. He'll teach you truth from his word. And the, the truth of his word brings forth light. And that light dispels darkness. And that, that light dispels ignorance and wrong thinking. Praise God. Hallelujah. Remember, you are the beloved of God. God wants you to prosper all the time. God wants you to be in health all the time. Anything that would disagree with that is not harmonizing with the Word of God. And you, did, you need to completely dismiss it from your thought life and also dismiss it and cut it off from uh, coming in to being something that you hear. Because what you hear is very important with the, form, with the formation of how you think. Glory to God. Glory to God. How about this? Acts chapter 20, verse, verse, 30, uh, verse 35. Jesus said, It is more blessed to be in need. Oops, hold on just a moment. Is that what he said? It is more blessed to always suffer. That way you stay humble. Is that what he said? It is more blessed to always have lack. That way you always feel uh, what it's like to identify with the poor. No, 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 no. Is that what he said? That's not what he said. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give. Well, if you're going to give, you've got to have something to give. If you're going to give, you have to be in the overflow. You know, you have to have a surplus in order to be able to give out, and to be able to give out consistently, and to be, uh, be able to give out more and more and strongly. Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Also, when you're giving, you now put yourself in a position of receiving back a harvest. But a person who's just receiving, they can't expect a harvest. Why? Because you're not sowing. You're not, you're not giving anything. So when you give, it, it touches your heart. It allows you to experience the same joy that God has. You actually, you feel that high. It's, it's a very godly thing to give, the joy of what it creates in your heart. But you also are setting yourself up for harvest because when you give, now you can expect to reap and to receive back good measure. 30, 60, 100 fold, given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Wow, with the same measure that you give, it's going to be measured back to you. Hallelujah. But it all comes from giving. So it is more blessed to give. 
It is more blessed to give. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go to Psalm 1 today. Psalm 1. We're talking about the good journey. The good journey. The prosperous journey. That's what it means to be in prosperity. It means to have a good journey. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And your journey, your Christian experience is going to be a prosperous experience, a prosperous journey. Now, Psalm 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. What does it mean to be scornful? It's the person who is scornful, who is sarcastic, who is bitter, who says, oh, I don't believe that stuff. I don't believe it. I believe that stuff's of the devil. Mm. And they mock God. They mock God's Word. They mock the kingdom of God. They mock God's way of doing things. And they are very scornful. And God doesn't want you to have association with people like that. Don't listen to those types of things, those types of voices. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and, his, and in his law he meditates day and night. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I don't have the ability to meditate day and night, especially on God's Word. Why not? You're already meditating on something. Why not meditate on God's Word? If you'll begin to meditate on God's Word regularly, day and night, then it will begin to transform your thinking, day and night. Again, you're already thinking about something. At nighttime, you're already thinking about stuff. Daytime, you're already thinking about stuff. Why not incorporate thoughts of God's prosperity for your life and begin to think upon that day and night? It'll begin to transform your thinking. It'll begin to transform your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Meditation on the Word of God. Meditation. To ponder the Word of God. The word meditate in the Hebrew means to mutter. And it's something that you don't do out loud, but you do kind of like under your breath. You don't have to disturb anybody else, but you're just meditating on a Scripture. And you're just pondering that Scripture. You're extracting the nourishment and the strength from that Scripture into your very spirit. Glory to God. And it's feeding your faith. And you're doing that in the morning. You're doing that throughout the daytime. You're doing that in the nighttime. Oh, oh. well, Pastor Stephen, that, that sounds like work. Yes. Yes, it does. I agree with Dr. John Avanzini, who many years back, he said that really to step into prosperity it takes a lot of work to pull all of this together. You're going to have to exert yourself. And if you think it'll just float into your life, it won't. You're really going to have to get into the Word. You're going to have to know the Word. You're going to have to transform your thinking with the pure, holy Word of God. And when you do that, and it, it really, it doesn't take long, but when you begin to exert and make that effort, it will produce very, very powerfully, very, very beautifully. And I would even say it works it, I mean, it starts working from day one, the day you do it. it. It'll start to turn the ship of your life around and get you going in the right direction. In His law, He meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, if you go out to the great Pacific Northwest, and you look at the giant redwood trees, 
you see their great height. I've, I've been there. I've been to Sequoia National Forest, and you see these trees with their uh, gigantic width and diameter. You also see their amazing height. And in a sense, those trees get so large because they are in a what's called a natural biosphere. And with, with the winds coming in off the Pacific and all of that moisture, and with the, the range of the mountains, it drops moisture and dampness and dew and water on those trees in a very, very unprecedented way. And so they get moisture all the time. And so because of that moisture, they're able to get bigger and bigger and bigger. But you might be thinking, well, Pastor Stephen, that's great, but um, I don't really live out there. I actually live, live in an area where there is no uh, heavy rain. That, that's okay, because it says here, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. See, as long as your roots go down, they can contact water. Uh, there, there can be underwater, uh, underground water sources. There can be underground rivers. There can be underground streams, underground creeks. And those roots start going down. They'll tie into that water. And now you can grow just as big, just as strong as any other tree. Why? Your water, your, your, your roots of the tree, you're planted into those waters, and you have unlimited water, now you can experience unlimited growth. And when you meditate day and night, the, what, what is going on is that the roots of your faith, they are going down into the Word of God, and as you meditated on it day and night, prosperity, health, prosperity health I'm the beloved of God God wants me to prosper it's God's will that I be that I be in health and as you meditate on that in other scriptures your roots just get so anchored into that water that all the life of that water all the life of the word starts to blossom in your life and you grow and you flourish you flourish praise God he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and it's you will you will prosper regardless of what the the global economy is doing you will be in health regardless of what kind of a flu or sickness is going around you will prosper why because you're tied into the water and whatever he does look at that Look at that in verse 3. Whatever he does shall prosper. Oh, glory to God. Pastor Stephen, I, I've heard so much persecution about the word prosper, I don't even know if I should say it. My friends, you don't have to be embarrassed of the Bible. You don't have to be embarrassed of the good things of God. Hallelujah. You don't have to be embarrassed of grapes and apples and lemons and the good things of God. Just eat it and receive it. Hallelujah. If other people want to eat sand and gravel, let them go ahead. Hallelujah. But receive and enjoy the things that God has put on the banquet table for you to feast on. Hallelujah. Whatever He does shall prosper. Glory to God. You are in the Word day and night, day and night, day and night, meditating on it, pondering it, thinking about it. You don't have any room for doubt and unbelief. You don't have any room for skepticism and uncertainty. Oh, you don't have any room for that silliness. Oh, you never know, Pastor Stephen, what God might do. Well, sure you know. Just read the Bible. He does what He said He does. 
Now he may he may manifest it forth in fresh new ways, but God's faithful, God's constant, God's consistent, his word, he will watch over it to perform it. Woo, hallelujah. I feel the anointing today. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Whatever he does shall prosper. Think about the magnitude of that promise. When you work this word and do that, that what you do, because it, because it washes your mind, you want to do what God wants you to do. And what you do, it just works, it works, it works. And when me and my wife, we put our hands to what God has called us to do, I'm telling you, everything's flourishing. Everything in our life, everything in the ministry is flourishing. Woo, hallelujah. But I'll tell you this, I'm in the word day and night. I wake up, I'm looking for scriptures, I'm praying, spending time with God. And when I go to bed at night, I, I, I tell you, it's on my mind. It's on my mind. I get up for those night watches. I'm having f- fellowship and time with God, and I'm rolling scriptures over, and me and the Lord, I'm talking about His Word to Him. Woo! Glory to God, and He's given His Word to me. It's good. It's good. We see this also mentioned in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. Now, if you want to if you want to be defeated, and you want to really dive into failure, and you want to have a very long-running losing streak, do not read Psalm 1, and especially do not read the verse I'm about to give to you. Let me say this also. Uh, Psalm 1, with all of the 150 beautiful Psalms, started off with telling you how to prosper by being in the Word of God and meditating on it day and night. So if you want failure, don't do that, okay? If you want to have a very long losing streak, don't do that. Glory to God. You know, you have some of these sport teams, even, look, it's not exempt. It happens even on professional levels where you have losing teams. You have losing teams. What's going on? Why do they have a losing record over and over and over and over every year? What's going on? Wrong mentality. Meditating on the wrong thing. Well, we can't win. You know, everybody's wanting to win. There's only room at the top for a few, so it can't be us. Just, so, it's just a losing mentality. It's like a corporation, a business, a for-profit business. Well, we can't prosper. They're all up there prospering. There's no way we can all prosper. See, wrong mentality. That's why you're broke. That's probably, gonna go, that's probably why you're going to go out of business. That's why you're struggling. You have to be in the Word day and night. If you do that, your losing record, it's going to get jolted. You're going to start winning. You're, you, you'll have, you'll have a, your first winning season, and you can start just winning. Boom, boom. And, and see, this walk with God is not like sports where you might have a, you know, a 15-2 and two record. Win 15, you lost 2. You can get with the Lord, and you start winning all the time. And you may have some challenges where there may be a delay, where the enemy tried to block you from getting in. But it doesn't mean you're lost. It just means that I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to walk in the wisdom of God. I'm going to stay in faith, and I'm still going to get the victory. And when you do that, just add another uh, winning notch to the record. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's way for you is nothing but winning, victory, and success. The enemy's plan for you is constant failure, confusion, not knowing what to believe, not knowing what to do, and just questioning everything because you don't really know. Hallelujah. But the Word of God is amazing. Why? Because the Word of God, it drives away fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of a sound mind 
your mind gets so sound through the Word of God, so solid, you're not confused. Hallelujah. You know exactly what God's will for you, you is. You embrace it. You accept it. You walk in it. And you don't give room for, you know, like taking these wrong detours. Nope. Hallelujah. You're staying with the solid Word of God. Joshua 1 verse 8, this book of the law, and this is it right here. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. There's that word meditate, to ponder, to mutter. It's the Hebrew word picture of a cow, a cow having five stomachs, of a cow that swallows the food, the grass, and chews it. It goes down into the stomach and is brought back up again. It's chewed some more. It's brought, it goes back down. It's brought back up again. It's called chewing the cud. Why? So all the minerals can be extracted out of what he's chewing. Glory to God. That's what meditation is. Chew on the Word. Take that Scripture. Chew on it. Day, night, day, night, day, night. And then get you another Word. Day and night. Meditate. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do. So you have to, you have to hear it and apply it, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, then, see, when will success kick in, Pastor Stephen? when you begin to just consume day and night, day and night, and you're so convinced of it, you're stepping into it, and it's working for you. For then you will make your way prosperous, prosperous. It's all through the Bible, prosperous, good success. You reach the destination of your journey. Hallelujah. Prosperous, and then you will have good success. I'm just telling you, God's in the prosperity. God's into your good success. Hallelujah. If you think that God's into your failure, God's into your defeat, you've got a wrong gospel. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is what worked for Moses, the leader of the Jewish people. This is what worked for Joshua, the incoming leader of the Jewish people. And he just won, and he had victory, and he had victory. And if you're having defeat, you need to get it sorted out in the Word. And you need to get back on the Word and get that thing corrected. Hallelujah. Because this is God's plan, prosperity and good success. That is God's plan for your life. Hallelujah. I feel that God's Word is causing your future, that path, to become clear now. That you see, yes, God really does want me to walk on this path. Oh, yes, we were promised that with the 100-fold, there would be persecutions. And that's okay. That's okay. I'm taking the 100-fold. I don't expect people that are not spiritual to not understand the truths of God's Word. Because when you're in it, you learn it, you know it. But a lot of people, they're criticizing what they don't know, and they're really just surface dwellers. They just skim over the Word. They they don't even, uh, you know, some of these people, I think they would have a hard time finding the book of Genesis. They they just, um, they say all kinds of things, but they have no depth they have no depth. And if you look at their life, that's why they are, they, are, they are spiritually barren. That's why there is so much defeat and frustration in their life. Look, I, I have met ministers. They would never admit it. I have met full-time ministers. They have formed their doctrine, and they have formed their theology not from the Word, but from bitter life experiences. And they have let that life experience form their belief. 
I have a uh, a young man. Uh, he, he's a he's a pastor. He's a very nice young man, and he called me one time, very discouraged, because he had gone to a church to preach, and when he walked up through the pulpit in front of all the people, he started out his sermon by saying, the Lord is good, God is good. And there was just like a, like a dead response. Nobody said amen. Nobody smiled. Just people kind of just like, uh, it's just like hit, he like hit a wall when he said that. Well, he went ahead and preached his message, and he said after the, after the message, the pastor came up to him and said, he said, I need to correct you. He, he said, well, what did I say that was wrong? The pastor said, he said, you said God is good. And he said, yes, and? The pastor said, no, he said, God is not good. And he said, if you really try to live for God and serve, for, and serve God and live for Him, God will do, he will, he will let you have some very horrible experiences in life to teach you a lesson so that you might know Him. And, you know, um, my friend, the he was very young, so it wasn't his place to try to like start create, uh, start correcting the pastor. But I know that that pastor, he held to those beliefs primarily because of one very bitter experience, and he was really actually bitter against God. He was very hurt and uh, felt like, why did this happen to me? And he took that experience and made that his theology. And I believe the reason that experience happened to him was because he was already toying around, monkeying around with all of these calamity thoughts, all of these the uh, calamity theologies that are floating out there, and he embraced it, and he got exactly what he had embraced, and it hit him, and he didn't like it, and then he was full board with it for sure then. God is not good, but yet all through the Scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, there are exclamations and proclamations that say, God is good, and yet out of his own mouth, he has now trapped himself, and he cannot even say that. He cannot even say that. And he has put a ceiling over his entire church. Praise the Lord. God is good. God wants you to prosper. Why? Because He's a good God. God wants you to be in health. Why? Because He's a good God, and you are His beloved. You are His child. He loves you, and He wants His best for you. Shout, Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You should be free to shout, Blessed is the Lord. The Lord is good, who has pleasure in the prosperity of me, His servant. I tell you what, I believe it's true that if somebody would have stood up in the church that I was raised in, a good church, I got saved in that church, but they had, they had no knowledge of the goodness of God and that God wanted us to prosper and be in health. I really believe that if somebody would have stood up and quoted Psalm 35 verse 27, I believe the church would have ran them out. If somebody would have stood up and said, praise God, who has pleasure in our prosperity, I think they would have been run out of church, maybe even run out of town. Glory to God. We just didn't know. But you know what? A lot of these sacred cows have been slaughtered, and there's been some barbecues. But you know what? We still need to proclaim the gospel, because there are many that are coming, uh, that are, that are, 
that are getting exposure to the truth. There are many good Christians in many various denominations, and they love the Lord, and they've just been mistaught. And it's held them back from coming into the blessing that God has for them. It's even held them back from coming into the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because with the baptism in the Holy Spirit comes joy, comes joy. But it's hard to have joy when you don't have a job, you can't pay your bills, you always have lack, you always have insufficiency, and now the enemy's got you trapped. And he's going he's gonna to clamp down your joy. Why? Because life's no fun when you're defeated. Life's no fun when you're constantly losing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you criticize prosperity, you disconnect yourself from the source of that anointed flow. Hallelujah. Well, I don't agree with this or that. Well, you know, just look to the Lord. Just look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. Praise God. Look to the Lord. Look to His Word. Look to His Word. Praise the Lord. If God has some children that maybe abuse it, the Lord, trust me, He knows how to deal with His children. The last thing you need to be doing is jumping up and shouting and criticizing something that's sent from God. You know what? I have seen even spiritual gifts which are holy and pure, just like prosperity is. I have seen spiritual gifts manipulated and abused. But trust me, I'm not about to back off prophecy. I'm not about to back off the gift of word of knowledge. I'm not about to back off uh, the gifts of the Spirit, maybe because they weren't handled properly. Glory to God. I, I saw a prophet. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to prof a, a true prophet, a good guy, but he was, he was, he was very young in the gifts. He, he was very anointed, but very young. And he called out a lady and through accurate word of knowledge, exposed a lot of things that really probably should not have been exposed. It actually embarrassed her. Why did he do that? Um, lack of maturity. And there are people that have also not handled prosperity right. Maybe they got a little prideful. Maybe they got a lot of, uh, very prideful. But you know what? The Lord can deal with all of that. They're the Lord's children. We're all the Lord's children. But I am not going to throw something out that is holy and that's something that I need in my life, just maybe because somebody else didn't, didn't uh, handle it properly. Look at, look at all the ones that are doing it right. Look at all the generous givers. Look at all the people that are making major impact in the kingdom who are doing it right. Praise the Lord. That's what I'm looking at. And I'm looking at the Word. And we're going to be good stewards of God's Word. We're going to be good stewards of prosperity. I'm telling you, God wants you to be rich. Praise God. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. Praise the Lord. And He adds no sorrow with it. Just lift your hands and say, God, I receive Your plan for my life as unveiled in Holy Scripture. Thank You, O God, in Jesus' name. Now let the Lord lift you higher and higher. He's going to take you into a financial stratosphere. He's going to take you high Glory to God. He's going to take you high. He's going to take you up with the eagle saints. The eagles can fly at 10,000 feet. That's a couple miles up. He's going to take you up high, and you're going to fly effortlessly. You're going to soar with the Lord. He's lifting you financially into the high realms of financial glory. Receive. Receive, and be the blessing that God has called you to be. Be the kingdom benefactor that God has called you to be. Be the distribution channel that God has called you to be.
be free, and you're going to be so happy in the Lord as you give. Praise God. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Let the anointing of prosperity flow in your people. Let it flow on your people. Let them meditate on your word day and night, particularly prosperity scriptures and health scriptures. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. They love you with all of their hearts. Thank you, Father. Amen. Let's take communion and celebrate how much God loves us, that we are His beloved, and He wants us to prosper in every area. And as we love the Lord with all of our hearts, and as we love people, oh, I tell you what, there is nobody who can stop God's plan for your life from coming to pass. Nobody, nobody, no, no person, no organization, nobody. God's taking you exactly to that destination you're supposed to get to. Praise the Lord. Please join me today and take communion with me. If you're watching today and you, you're thinking, Pastor Stephen, I like, I like this. This sounds like something I want to get in on. It all starts by knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you've never done that, but you would like to, I would like to give you opportunity now to receive Christ into your heart. If you would like to do that, please repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I want to make my life right with you. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. I surrender. I give my life to you. Lord, accept me into your family right now. Wash all of my sins away. Make me clean in you. Thank you, Jesus. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Okay, so if that's you also, grab some unleavened bread, a little cracker, a little, a little piece of bread, some grape juice. Let's all take communion together as a family of Christian believers, as children of God. You know, one day, one day we're going to walk on streets of gold. One day we're going to go to a place where there are mansions and where there is, there is a, a, a realm of splendor and glory and beauty beyond anything we've ever imagined. And so God's just getting us ready. God just getting us ready for that. God, our Father, loves us so much. Oh, hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We consecrate it. We thank you. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus, our Savior. Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we receive him as the living word. We receive his word into our heart without doubting. We receive prosperity. We receive health. And oh God, we prosper because we love you with everything in us. We give you praise. Father, we rejoice. We proclaim his death till he comes, that you are our all in all. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's receive joyfully. Amen. This is what I'm getting to my spirit. I'll just put this out there. If, if it connects with your spirit, receive it. Somebody's about to get an upgrade in their vehicle. 
you're going to get an upgrade in your vehicle through the blessing of the Lord. That's touching your heart. That bears witness with your spirit. Say, Amen. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I'm happy with, uh, with what I've got. That's not what I'm saying. I, I understand that. I understand there's contentment. All I'm saying is God wants to lift you higher because He loves you. Let Him do it. Be open to it. Say, I receive that upgrade of a vehicle in Jesus' name. Those of you that that bears witness with, receive in Jesus' name. It's just God loves you, wants to bless you, wants to lift you higher. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Wash all of our sins away. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Give us hearts that run after you. Draw us after you, O God. Let us seek you with all of our hearts. Let us love you. Let us love people. Thank you, Father. Let us take as many people with us to heaven as we can. We thank you, Father. You have, you have our attention. You have our first and foremost just attention as well. We, our hearts, our eyes are on you. Thank you, Father. We thank you that the blood of Jesus covers us continually and constantly as we walk with you. Thank you, Father, that we eat the goodness of the land. Praise you, O God. We rejoice for the spirit of wisdom and revelation flowing in us, teaching us these things. Thank you, O God. You're taking us into greater levels of prosperity. You're taking us even into greater levels of health. We bless you. We receive in Jesus' name. Let's declare it and say, Amen. Say this, Blessed be the Lord. I rejoice in the Lord. I take pleasure in the Lord, who rejoices in my prosperity. Let us now receive the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Find one of these scriptures. Meditate on it throughout this week, particularly 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. Meditate on the Word day and night, and watch how God carries you into good success. Thank you for watching.